can be seated. Woo! Good morning, everybody. I feel as if you're a long ways away. And some of you have chosen wisely not even to be seen. Everybody behind the tree, deacons are watching you even if the pastor isn't. Remember that. Good. Hey, good to have everybody here today. Uh, how many guys believe my comments should be brief? <laughs> Who clapped? <laughs> good. I see you, deacon. Um, at the end of the message today, guys, we're going to be baptizing these two luxury baptismal tanks. We spared no expense. We went to this tractor supply company, went to their baptismal department, and they are filled with really nice. How many guys think that if you're going to be baptized, you might as well be awake while you do it? I promise you that water will wake you up better than three cups of coffee first thing in the morning. It's going to be awesome. So we've been talking about the summer of salt and light. Oh, I'm sorry. Here comes. This is not part of the sermon, but it's a good distraction anyway. How many of you guys have been a part of Thursday nights? Can I see your hand? You've been around on Thursday nights. It's been awesome. This last week, I really think, was even better than the things that we've been doing so far. How many of you guys, the tarp back there is going to be a water slide? My staff, I had this idea, what if... What if we had a water slide and then I left the room? How many of you guys know? If you have an idea, you should stay in the room until the idea comes to fruition. But I didn't. And by the time I came back, this, this slip and slide that'd be from here to the camera was suddenly this monstrous thundering river. They, they had a fire hose and they were shooting kids down into a swamp and the kids were laughing and having a blast and it was glorious. And uh, we've been doing that, giving away ice cream and all that kind of stuff. And, and we've been enjoying this. Now, what I'm about to say, please hear me. It's not, these, these are not more announcements. We haven't had any announcements. But I, I want to announce to you some things today that are about to happen that we get to be a part of. And really exercising what we've been trying to learn this summer and putting it to good purpose. I want you to know that next week, Pastor Josh is bringing the word. I'm not out of town, but he has a unique perspective on something, and I want him to speak to this congregation. The next week, I'm coming back, and we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in witnessing and sharing our faith. And you don't know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need to be here next week and the week after, and then the week after that and the week after that. We're going to be teaching for probably a good two, three weeks on the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So if you've been going in your own strength, that's good to some degree. But how many guys know we have something more than our own strength to go in? So we'll be talking about that. And I also want to let you know that we have some outreaches coming up in August. I believe it's 18th and 19th. That's why I have notes. I'm sorry, it's 12th and 13th. We're going to be going to Dearborn Heights. We're going to be working with Fairhaven Assembly of God. And Pastors uh, Thomas and Tanisha Finley have invited us to come. We're going to be in a park. We're going to be on their grounds. We're going to help their live stream. We'll be up on ladders. We're going to be painting parts of the building. We're going to be constructing some wooden objects to kind of make the, the platform more interesting and their live stream better. So technology, painting, hammers and nails, screwdrivers. And beyond that, we're going to get a tent. We're going to have all of our inflatables. We're going to cook. We said hot dogs, and we realized most of the community is Muslim and pork is a no-no. So all beef franks or, or hummus, I don't care what it is, right? We're going to do something that everybody can eat, and we're going to enjoy that. Our vacation Bible school team is going to reconstitute some of their stuff. We're going to have games for the kids. And everybody here is invited. It's going to be awesome. The, week, the month after that, now we're into September, we're going to go to Jolo, West Virginia. How many of you guys know where Jolo, West Virginia is? How many of you guys ever danced with a rattlesnake? Okay. Jolo, West Virginia is the world headquarters for that, that, the church that dances with rattlesnakes, poisonous snakes. And so you can imagine when someone knocks on the door and says they're a Christian, most people flinch. 
because they think there's a snake in their pocket or something. So we're going to be going there, working with Convoy of Hope. You're all invited. You're going to be staying there for a week, immersing ourselves in relationship and community, agricultural stuff. It's going to be awesome. And that will be that. And then in the spring, everybody say spring. We're going back to Rome, Italy. If you have not been to Rome, Italy, two things. One is you've never had a pizza because what we call pizza isn't pizza. And number two, the work that the Apostle Paul began 2,000 years ago is still going today. There's a church there, the International uh, Church of Rome, ICF Rome, is, is an amazing place. 40, sometimes 50 nationalities in, in a service there on a Sunday. So they say, you know, you're a visitor. Would you stand up and introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from. Here we say, I'm from Brighton. You go, oh, he's from Brighton. That's a long ways away. They stand up and say, I'm from Ghana, West Africa. I'm from Europe. I'm from Eastern Europe. I'm from Russia. I'm from North America. I'm from Canada, which is a part of North America. But you understand what I'm saying, right? And, and all, from all of the world, they stand up. There's translated like seven different languages. And we're going to go serve that church and continue the work that the Apostle Paul started 2,000 years ago. How many of you guys think that might be a fun thing to do? Be a part of it. Information's coming. See Faye Jones. She's in charge of our missions. Faye, would you wave real quick? There she is. Miss Faye knows everything. And what she doesn't know, she'll fake. So it's going to be it's good, right? And then the last announcement is we're going to be heading to El Salvador uh, sometime in the next 12 months. Now, you say, why is that so vague? Today in El Salvador, 2%, 2%, 2 out of every 100 adults in El Salvador is in prison right now. They arrested 35,000 people in the last three months. There's no trials going on because the courts are completely choked. And the president said, I will be your president on one condition. That is you allow me the authority to get rid of drugs, to get rid of crime, to bring a revival to my nation. If not, I don't want to do it. So they elected him and he said, if you are thinking about drugs, if you're thinking about guns, if you're thinking about gangs and violence, and they put them all in prison, you say, that's, that's really rough. It is, but understand this, um, Never mind. I won't get into political statements. I'm simply saying this. One of the things is you can put everybody in prison you want, but you cannot legislate morality. It has to come from the heart. So as the government is doing what they're trying to do in their efforts, it's a time for the church to step in and do what Jesus does in a community. So we'll be going there once we have the clearance to go. How many of you guys think it's time to get involved in leading some people to Jesus? If you do, say amen. I'm glad to hear that because tomorrow... We're taking a missions trip to a little town called Fenton. You ever heard of it? Tourists call it Fenton, but the locals call it Fenton. We're going to Fenton. Tomorrow, we're going to be hosting the 2.5K race and the 5K race. We're going to be um, uh, doing some stuff at, with the parade. We're setting up our inflatables behind the community center, and we're going to be enjoying people. Come on, enjoying people, enjoying a beautiful day. Now, you may say, Jim, you, you, you talk about ice cream. You talk about slip and slides, you talk about, but, but what you haven't talked about is evangelism. That's where you'd be wrong. Because entertaining people, getting their attention, being generous in community is a beautiful first step. How many of you guys know that the presentation of the gospel is always more effective after a demonstration of the gospel? Now that can be signs, wonders, and miracles, or that can be pump house ice cream. I'm not comparing the two as if they're equal, but I'm saying this, we have to earn the right to be heard sometimes. We, we, instead of come to us so we can tell you you're wrong, which is what the world thinks we are. We can say, we're gonna come to you and love on you until you understand we're not scary. We have a message of hope that has changed our lives and we believe it can change yours as well. 
that light and salt element. We talk about Matthew chapter five, that you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And I don't wanna talk about that for just a few moments this morning because I think it's important um, that we grasp this. I have a friend, and I won't mention his name, but the first conversation we had was at this service many years ago. He was downtown and he saw the people with the inflatables and they were, they were hanging out and having fun. And they were, he and his wife were going through a tremendous kind of a depression. They, they, were, they were hurt by things. They were wounded by things. No God on their radar, atheists, agnostics at best. And they were into Buddhism and some other spirituality, but they weren't finding hope. They weren't finding joy until, everybody say until, until they were walking by some inflatables on a 4th of July. Now, we had our service the Sunday after the 4th of July because that's where it fell. But this year, we were downtown and uh, they saw people wearing the same T-shirts, kind of like the I Love My City shirts that I see some of you guys. It's not pink. That's the shirt I'm talking about. Not the pink shirt. The other one that's kind of sort of pink, but not pink. And we ended up, they, they, they walked away and said, everybody wearing those shirts, hear me, has something that we don't have and we desperately need. Let me say that again. No hope, depressed false religion, spirituality without personhood, and, and just getting deeper and deeper into bondage, farther and farther into the debt of their souls. They recognize a group of you just being you. And they said, we got to go back. They came back and said, what, what are you guys? And do I, am I about to join the Kiwanis Club? Is this the Lions Club? Is, is this, you know, Democrats or Republicans? Or someone said, it's Freedom Center. They said, what's Freedom Center? They said, it's a church. Well, where is this church and when does it meet? And when he came here, we walked around the building because he had a lot of significant questions about our political stuff and our social stuff. He was looking for a reason to disagree sharply enough to say that I just get to discount the entire thing. But somehow the, the words that we spoke, they, they dealt with issues, but they didn't alienate those on opposite sides. And when he came back, he said, my family and I are gonna start attending this church. And here's the word again, because you have something. Everybody say something. You have something. Something is here. And he didn't know to say someone. So he just said something. There's an energy here. There's a joy here. There's a freedom here. I understand why you named it Freedom Center because this seems to be the center of the freedom that I'm looking for in my life. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Understand this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. I like what Eugene Peterson did with this in a, a paraphrased translation called The Message. He says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the world. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the world. Are you getting this? You're here to be the salt seasoning. You're there tomorrow to be the salt seasoning. You're in VG's this afternoon. You're on your way to Arby's tonight for dinner. You're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors. Now match that scripture and that paraphrase with the story that I just had. You know, if they're running, it must be an emergency. Dan, we're all praying for you, buddy. It's just, it's not a job, it's a duty and it's on its way out. How many of you guys know I don't suffer from ADD? but I fear you're all gonna suffer from my ADD today. I, I enjoy it, you guys may not. But we're here to bring out the, the God flavors. We're here, we're here to show joy, not to talk about it. We're here to show peace, not to talk about it. We're here to show unity. Even though we disagree on a bunch of things, we agree on the power and majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it brings us together. Now in this, remember, we're here bringing out God flavors, God flavors in the world around us. There's a difference between salt and pepper. Salt 
and pepper are different. You add pepper, pepper flakes, chili flakes, black pepper, it changes the flavor of the food. But salt doesn't change the flavor, it brings out the flavor. We are here to bring out the flavor of the kingdom of God in the world around us. Now, let me give you a couple of things real quick. You guys doing all right? Good. Number one, why is this? Why, why would we have something different? What is the something that my friend Aaron talked about? What is the something that gets noticed? What is the something? What's the look on your face? What's the peace in your heart? Why is it someone who's lost would come to you and say you have something? Number one is this. We are unconditionally loved by God and he's never gonna change his mind. That feels good, man. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, even when you were a stinker, even when I was the chief of stinkers, Paul says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever would believe, trust that, trust in him, trust in his goodness, his power, his sacrifice. Those who would trust him, believe in him, would not perish, but would have everlasting life. I love what John again says in a different epistle, John chapter one, verse, uh, I'm sorry, first John chapter three says this, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. That's what we are. There's a certain safety that comes. There's a certain security that comes to our hearts when we realize that we are not being graded by a teacher, but we're being loved by a father. Does that make sense? There's, there's a little girl, old story, but I love this story. The little girl, and she has a loving father. It's a true story. And the father would say to her, uh, you're, you're ready for school? And he'd say, okay, princess, you're a world changer. Daddy loves you. Remember this about yourself. Remember that about yourself. Remember this. Remember what God says about you. And she goes to school. And in school, there was a little boy that had just the opposite experience. You're worthless. You're nothing. You're a loser. No wonder people don't like you. So that home environment produced a child that was utterly insecure, didn't know who they were. So in order to be safe, he had to become violent. This little girl and this little boy come to a swing that they both want to swing on at almost the same moment, but she gets on just before him. It's close enough that she knows. How many of you have ever seen the parking spot where you know the other person's coming, but you were just like three feet in front of them? It's one of those moments. So she has the right for that parking spot. She has the right to get on that swing, but she also knows that he wants it too. And she gets on the swing and she starts to swing. And he gets there and so he reaches for violence. And he says, you're stupid and you're ugly and nobody likes you. Get off the swing. That's my swing. He grabs it. He's trying to pull her off it. She says, no. And, and finally, he says, you're stupid. You're ugly and nobody likes you. This is what she says. She says, my daddy says I am loved and I am a princess and I got here first. I love that. You, so in other words, a lie has no authority when you know the truth. I had a kid come up to you one time. He made me so mad. I didn't know who he was. I'm just walking home from work. He's, he's in a biker gang. He's on a Schwinn. Probably 10, 11 years old. And as he goes by, he goes, hey, fatty. What? Now, remember, this is 30 pounds ago. Hey, Chevy. I'm like, how did that kid know that like, like this is a problem to me? And this, some of this, little of this, right? I just, it's a problem. How did he know? And he just starts calling out my insecurities on me. I just thought, you know what, kid? I eat things bigger than you for breakfast. You better run. So I gave him, I stopped, I gave him a look. He said, uh -huh, and he drew it off. I said, you little snot, right? But understand this. If you come up to me and said, hey, skinny, you're so skinny. Hey, 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 skeleton. I'd have been like, give daddy a hug. Come here. Come here. Why? So in other words, when you believe a lie, it has the power of truth in your life. When you believe the truth, it has the power to defeat lies. 
So we had to understand this, guys. What is the it? What, is the, what are people saying? There's something. What is the something? I, I would suggest it's this. Number one, it's that we know that we know that we know. You open the Bible, and it's God saying, I love you. You put your finger anywhere. It's a story of redemption, of value, of identity, and of love. If you get that, then it doesn't matter what the world calls you because your father's already spoken over you. So we stand out there. We're not like, gee, I hope they like us. Man, I hope, hope they don't reject these inflatables. Oh boy, I, our business will go under or our politics won't be voted for or our identity will be demeaned. No, we're there because we've been loved and we have love to give. Come on, say amen. If you haven't been loved, you got nothing to give. But if you've been loved, you can love unconditionally. Second thing is we're forgiven. I have nothing to hide. And because of that, I don't have to hide anything, even my worst moments. I've had people walk up to me after a service that are like first-time visitors and say, huh, you don't hold anything back, do you? you? You talked about, you know, struggles. You talked about, this isn't like 20 years ago. You talked about the struggle you had this morning and I related to you because I'm struggling with the same things. Is, is, that, is that a methodology? How many guys know we don't need methodologies? We need sincerity. Come on, say Amen. So you don't have to hide anything. You can actually be honest about your struggles and it gives other people permission to receive the same mercy you've received. Amen. When we have this process of understanding that I am unconditionally loved, then I can be me. We also know that Jesus did that for us and that's where our identity comes from. Romans chapter eight says, therefore now there is no condemnation. Come on. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. What Jesus did for me sets me free and I can live in freedom. I think that gives us a distinct um, advantage in communication because I don't need you to approve of me to be approved. I don't need you to love me to feel loved. I can just simply be me being loved by God, being loved by my family, approved of who I am because Jesus approves of me. If God doesn't hold my sins against me, who is anybody else to do it? Number three, I'm not saying the sins aren't a problem, by the way. Let me make that clear. Sins are a problem. But once I've dealt with it through the mercy of God, it is dealt with. Number three, we're free to be what we are created to be. God will never put his grace on your imitation of something he didn't create you to be. Anybody guess what scripture I'm about to quote now? Ephesians chapter verse, chapter two, verse 10. Kids in vacation Bible school. Remember that verse? How many guys are a part of vacation Bible school? That verse, we are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. We get to be who God made us to be. Let me tell you something, guys. There's a difference between a poser and someone who's living their life. There's a difference between somebody who has some false identity that's outrageous enough to get them attention and someone who's comfortable in their own skin. We have that ability to be what we were created to be. Number four, we've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us. For goodness sake, we get the gifts. I, I can't tell you the number of times where people thought I knew something that I never knew. Like, if you've ever had this experience, don't raise your hand. But I've had people come for the first two, three weeks. They say, man, it's like you're following me around. And I thought, I, I freaked out one guy out. I said, yeah, I have been. When I shook your hand, I implanted a listening device and you have to wear tinfoil on your head before when you go to bed. Otherwise, I get to hear all your thoughts. He started laughing like, thank God. I didn't pick the crazy one, right? <laughs> 
But no, that isn't it. What it is, is God knows our hearts and God speaks words to where we are and God addresses us. Now, that's not some sort of supernatural knowledge from Jim, but I believe that all of us have this ability to hear what God is saying and say it to other people. You ever said something that profoundly changed someone else's life and it didn't really mean much to you? They come back and say, remember that conversation we had two years ago? You're like, I don't remember two weeks ago, let alone two years ago. That when you said blah, that connected the dots, the picture form that I've been obedient to that vision ever since. I'm just telling you this, guys. There's a word of knowledge. There's a word of wisdom. There's faith. There's miracles. There's, there's tongues and interpretation of tongues. There's, and keep going. There's visions and dreams. And when we say to God, don't be from a distance, but be right here and speak through this vessel. Let me, when I open my mouth, say the counsel of God. Then suddenly people don't see people. They see heaven coming through people. Let your kingdom, come on. Let your will be done on as it is in heaven. We don't only get the gifts of the Spirit, we get the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Some of you parents in the back are experiencing the gift of patience right now, right? Like my kids, they checked out as soon as you said good morning. But that's great. But, but a mother has patience from God in a way that a babysitter doesn't. We can have a gift, a grace on our lives for patience and kindness. This gives us a distinct advantage. People say, what is this different about you? And we can say, what's different about me is, is I don't water this tree. The Holy Spirit waters this tree so that fruit can be had for the nations. The last one is this. We're not afraid of what might happen or might not happen. People say, well, what if I say something and it doesn't lead to this dramatic testimony? Listen, hear me. If you've never gotten this before, get this now. What's more important than what they do is who you obey. Their response is their responsibility. Jesus preached. Jesus did miracles. Jesus was perfect in all of his ways. And the majority of people rejected what he told them to do. Come on. But he was obedient. Now listen, I'm not saying let's expect failure. Let's expect success. But I'm also saying this. Our greatest reward is, is not the healing. Our greatest reward is not the miracle. Our greatest reward is not the salvation and the testimony. Our great reward is being obedient to the voice of the Father. And when you got that, man, then every day, every decision, every word, every conversation is victory. I simply obeyed, and in that obedience, I found my joy. How many of you guys know obedience is better than sacrifice? It's more noble. It's got a power to it. So we have these things. We have all this going on. I wrote this this morning. It says, the whole world is trying to be something it's not or hide something it is. The whole world is looking for enough people to agree with it that they finally have some semblance of safety. But we are blessed when we obey, even if we're the only one. I'm not looking for a majority. I'm not a politician. <laughs> thank God I'm not a politician. How many of you say, thank God for our politicians and thank God that I'm not one of them? Amen. Right? I'm just saying this. We've got this ability. We have these gifts. So we're free to pray big prayers and set big goals and dream big dreams because God has called us to some amazing stuff. And I want to leave you with one last thought. Worship team, join me if you would, please. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We, we use part of the verse, but we've ignored a second part of it. There's a promise, but there's also a warning. Here it is. You are the salt of the earth. How many of you guys are feeling that? Come on. How many of you guys are feeling that? You've got a purpose. You've got a destiny. You're loved. You're forgiven. You, you've got the Holy Spirit. You have identity. You get to be who you are. That's all who you are. This is why people walk by you having fun and come back and say, why are you different? There is a difference about a people genuinely living versus a people that are genuinely trying not to be seen, not to be discovered what they're hiding. You are the salt of the earth, but, everybody say but. 
Look at your neighbor, look them right in the eye and just say, but. <laughs> That's where you get the kids back involved. Hollis, say, but really loud for me. Well, you say, but. There you go, good boy. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. The analogy, it's a, it's a metaphor, but the, the, the Jews of this t- speaking would understand that saltiness was, was associated with wisdom. So if a salt loses its wisdom, if we, if we lose that life, if, we, if all we have is the name Christian, and it doesn't mean what Jesus means, it doesn't mean what Antioch meant when they first used it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean son of God, daughter of God, free person, filled with the Holy Spirit. If we call ourselves his, and yet we live in such a way that it's foolish, you guys still here? I love the suspenseful music behind me. Then lightning will straighten. No, I'm kidding. If we live in such a way that the world looks at us and goes, they're a bunch of idiots, then the salt, that wisdom of God, it's supposed to come through God's people is suddenly diluted to such a place where we can even speak truth. They go, we don't listen to you. We know people like you. We know people like you because they're on our social media feeds. We know people like you because we saw the newscast as someone who claimed the same God that you claim but did this horrible thing. We, we know you, but you say one thing, but I watch your life and that something, that unconditional love, that mercy, that, that special stuff, it's not in you. you. You talk like it is, but you don't walk like it is. And if the salt loses its saltiness, what happens? If, if people who, who express some sort of a, a supreme wisdom live with abject foolishness, the world gets to look at us and go, nah. And they'll just trample down by men. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is, is this, are you okay? Say, Jim, come on, let's sing the national anthem. No, hear me. We have a responsibility individually, as a family, as a community, as a church, corporately as the body of Christ, to speak wisdom when we get the chance to speak at all. To love without condition because we've been loved unconditionally. To walk in mercy. Not say, aha, the judgment of God, aha, ha. But to say, that is the judgment of God, but how can I come in with the mercy of God and rescue you from what you're going through? We have a responsibility to our generation to model for them Jesus and his wisdom, his power. His beauty, His love, His mercy. We have a, it, it, Christianity only means what we make it mean. Christian only means what our generation makes it mean. And Jesus warns us. He says, listen, you're the salt of the earth, but if you claim my name, but not my love, if you claim my name, but not my power, if you, if you claim to be mine, but you, you, you avoid relationship and you're, you're at the, the parade tomorrow and there's all these like kids are, they're thirsty and they're hungry and the parent wasn't ready and you've got a whole cooler full of waters, but these are my waters. They cost eight cents each. Well, the world has a right to look at our Christian t-shirt, but not our Christ-like image and to say, man, I was thirsty and they gave me nothing to drink. I was hungry. And they gave me nothing to eat. I, I, was, I was a stranger. I was new in this town looking for friends. I tried to strike up a conversation. They took one look at me up to down and said, yeah, and they left me alone. Yeah, yes, I might look different than they do, but that doesn't mean I'm not looking for the same thing they claim to have found. And I want you to hear me, guys. We have a chance to shine brightly tomorrow. We have a chance to shine brightly in Jolo, in Dearborn Heights, in Rome, in El Salvador, in Linden, in, in Holly. We, we, have a, we, have a, we have a calling. And for 28 years in a row, I have stood on this field and prayed the same prayer that God would give us a city. How many of you guys have been here all 28 years? God, give us a city. God, give us the city. God, give us the city. How many of you guys have walked on this field and prayed, God, give us the city? 
How many guys have chased some little kid on a go-kart because it got through the hay bales, was running amok into the, into the, the crowd of people sitting on? How many guys remember when, when the McKay kid ran a go-kart into the back of the miniature horse and the guy wanted to beat him up? How many guys remember the time when we used to come around the corner during the parade and there'd be 350 of us wearing the same t-shirt, balloon animals, hand of water? It's because of us that the city said, you can't do that anymore. We take up a whole city block. They said, no more than 50 people per float. And we said, okay, we'll find another way. So we're down there by the hundreds enjoying our community. We'll do it by the sidelines if we can't do it from the, from the streets. That makes sense? So for 28 years, we've looked at all these different directions. Man, for 28 years, we prayed to the north and the south and the east and the west and had asked God to let people go. And many of you here are an answer to those prayers. How many of you guys know there's a lot more people out there still waiting for our prayers to be answered? So we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray today. And I would just say this, maybe today you're here and you're like, what, what's all this Jesus stuff? I'm not unconditionally loved. Jim, you talk about forgiveness, but I'm, I'm still faking it because I don't understand that. You talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, those words all make sense until you put them together in a sentence and then I don't know what they mean anymore. Jim, you're, you're talking about, about a sincerity and a purpose. I, I know very little other than the question of who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be? Listen, find Jesus and then Jesus will introduce you to you. But the first thing is find Jesus. Would you bow your heads all over this field right now? And maybe the neighbors are listening today. Maybe you're on live stream right now. Maybe you stayed in your car because you knew the sun would come out eventually. I feel like a general. Everybody's saluting me this morning with their hands over their eyes. You know what I mean? Looking, Miriam, you don't need to salute me. I'm a, I'm a civilian. It's okay. Close your eyes. I told you to close your eyes anyway. Look at it. Okay. Father, I pray as I've prayed now for 28 Fourth of Julys. That if there's anybody here, and now we can say, is there anybody anywhere that would hear this on the radio, on live stream, on Facebook, that happens at this moment to come across these words, God, I pray that your love would arrest us right where we are. That you'd overwhelm us, God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't mean some sort of Pentecostal way. I mean, I mean in some way that's like, it's an experience that from which we can never recover. I don't just know there might be a God. I have experienced him. Every fiber of my being encountered who he is and I am changed, born again. And today, Father, this last thing, I pray if anybody here has not walked in obedience, like that first step of following you is following you through the waters of baptism. We're gonna baptize in just a few moments. God, I pray if we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if we need to be forgiven of our sins and loved without condition, if we need to be baptized in water, we have a decision to make. And it's a moment just like this one. The Burks prayed for this 50 years ago. We prayed for this for the last 28 years. And this morning we pray again, answer our prayers, God. Let the lost find family. Let the wanderer come home. Let our hearts stop running from the one who pursues us. Let us turn and find you with our whole heart, we pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Jim, today I need this. Jim, today I need this one at a time. Jim, I, I need the mercy of God. I need God to forgive me of my past. Remember this, he's not just bearing your past. He's birthing your future. He's just not just dealing with your history. He is birthing your destiny. When you say yes to God today, you're not just sad about tomorrow. You're excited, I'm sorry. You're not just sad about yesterday. You're excited about tomorrow. Today, Jim, I need to give my life to Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but I need to give my life to Jesus. I want you to raise your hand all over this field right now. Come on, no shame, no fear. I see hands going up all over the field as they have for years and years. I love it. 
Years and years, God, years and years, the same message, the same field, but new need. We raise our hands to you. Not just right here and now, just in your own way. Say, God, forgive me. Take away my sins. All my yesterdays buried in a sea of forgetfulness. Everything you did for me on that cross paid for everything I've done on this earth. My yesterdays are now gone because you've taken away the consequences of my actions. The spiritual consequences of of deliberately disobeying you are now removed from my life. And I am brand new because you say that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. I am brand new because you said I am born again. I am brand new because everything old is gone. And behold, all things have become new. Same thing. If you're here today, you're like, I, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm out there shooting blanks, man. I mean, I'm pulling the trigger, but nothing's coming out. I'm, I'm trying to share my faith. I'm, I'm trying to love my neighbor. I'm trying, but listen, it won't be in your power or, or God will get no glory for it. You need his power living inside of you. Put your hands over your heart right now. Take both your hands, just put them right over your chest. Father, if there's any empty place underneath our hands, we ask you to fill it now with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, like water would wash over something that's muddy and dirty, God, and would just wash away. Take, take the thoughts, the intense, the false beliefs, the believed lies, God. Wash them away in an experience from which we will never recover. Holy Spirit, give us gifts. Let us produce fruit. And we pray, God, that you would have your way. Everything under our hands belongs to you. Fill everything that belongs to you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't you stand to your feet, please, if you would, as we close our time together. Stand to your feet. Thank you for being a part of this. We're almost done, but we're not because some people need to be baptized. Now, how many of you guys know if you haven't been baptized in water, the first steps of obedience often are through this. Why? Why water? This is why. Water washes. The, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and the Dead Sea, they would walk them from the wilderness through the moving waters, the living waters. It would wash the dirt off their bodies, the grime, the smell, the stink, the sweat, the dirt, and it would go into the Dead Sea never to rise again. That water represents the same thing. Going from the wilderness to the promised land. Going going from yesterday into tomorrow. Burying your past and birthing your future. How many guys know that everything inward, if strong enough, will be expressed outward? An inward covenant of repentance that many of you just established, one of the greatest things you can do is right here, right now, take the inward miracle and become an outward act of obedience. And the only example I know, it's the greatest example. Give me a better one and I'll share it. But how many guys know that on your wedding day, you exchange gifts, you exchange words, you establish the covenant, but there was the expectation that that inward miracle become an outward act that would consummate consummate those vows, consummate those hearts, those intentions. And in the same way, there's a, there's a physical, there's a, hey, God, I, I love you. Jesus, come into my life. Well, what do I do next? The next thing after your wedding day is to go on your honeymoon and bury your past and birth your future. How many of you guys came to be baptized today? Come on. If you want to be baptized, I see hands going up. Why don't you make your way up to the front? This last song, I want you to do two things. One is we're going to be baptizing. But as we worship, listen, I don't know the words to the songs. I don't know what to say. Close your eyes and ask God for more. Put your hands over your heart again. God, fill me. God, fill me. And if, you, and if some, some wonderful manifestation takes place, or you just spend a good 10 minutes loving on Jesus, how many guys know you're doing the right thing? Give God room and he'll fill it. Give God space and he'll change it. Give God your life and he'll mold it. 
many people today raise their hand. People are coming up to be baptized today. I'm so excited about this. And you say, I, I, I didn't sign up. How many of you guys know one of the great things about Freedom Center is we, we are organized, but we're not organized religion. We're organized. And so if you say spontaneously, hey, you know what? I'm just so hot. Can I be baptized? No, that's called swimming. But if you want something, next step, families are coming, children are coming, adults are coming. But today, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow him in obedience and baptism. Then today is your day. Amen? Come on, worship team, lead us from here. And I'll come back once we're done baptizing.